Hello world and welcome to Black Mental Matters. My name is Vince The Voice Bailey and Black Mental Matters is my podcast. It consists of a series of in-depth interviews and discussions around mental health and the black community. You know, folks sometimes think they're the only ones that are going through things and I'm here to tell you you're not alone. In fact, this will be a group therapy session for us all. You know, mental health, it's time to start the conversation on mental health so that we could have good mental health. What does that even mean? How do we care for our mental health? We know about our physical health, but our mental health and poor mental health can affect the way we function and the consequences can be serious. So here today, we're going to be talking on a specific topic of narcissism and I have a great guest. So let's get this party started. Black Mental Matters starts now. Dr. J. Parker Griffin is a licensed professional counselor, certified anger management specialist, too, uh, with a a doctorate degree from the psychology department of uh, Georgia State University. Welcome, doctor. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. And uh, wow, Black uh, Mental Matters, I know that uh, for you and in the work that you do, you know that our mental health matters a lot, right? A whole lot. Tremendously, as a matter of fact. Actually, everything kind of flows from that, to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In day-to-day life and, and, and what we do. And so, so honored to have you here with us today. Um, one of the things that, uh, specialty that you work in, well, let's get right into it, and that's this whole idea of narcissism. Yeah. And uh, let, let, let's, for the audience out there, uh, first, uh, what, what is narcissism? Well, I like to correct the general public's opinion of what is a narcissist because they think that it's just uh, – arrogant, kind of uh, conceited person who's loud and boisterous and all of that. Mm -hmm. But actually, it is a mental health diagnosis in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders 5. And it has nine characteristics that make it up. Mm -hmm. One of the most important of which is a lack of empathy. That is, they find it difficult. It's an emotional disability, but they find it difficult to put themselves in other people's shoes. So they don't feel other people's pain, especially their emotional pain. So they can't picture what it would be like for you to suffer some kind of a setback in your life, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But other characteristics is a sense of self-importance, mm-hmm. exaggerated, and preoccupation with unlimited love and beauty and brilliance and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, They believe that they're special and that they should only associate with special people. Yeah. They require constant validation, constant praise and admiration. They're always seeking it. So it's an ego booster for them. Yes. They have a sense of entitlement that like they are the center of the universe and that they deserve whatever it is that life presents to them, mm-hmm. whether they earn it or not. Okay. Okay. They are exploitative and controlling and manipulative. They also are envious of other people and think that other people are envious of them. And then they're arrogant and haughty. So wow. if you get five of those nine characteristics that I just listed, then you can qualify for the diagnosis. Wow, you are certified. And I tell you, man, I mean, that really sounds like some uh, 
I hate to say it, but a, a very bad person uh, that you uh, would not want to be associated with. And uh, the statistics, what to show, 19 million narcissists live in the United States. Yeah. And they harm around 60 million Americans. So, Actually, it's 158 million. Oh, my goodness. Almost half the U.S. population. And that has to do with over a period of time, they might impact five or six different people. It could be family members. It could be friends. It could be a supervisor or employee. Usually it's going to be the, the supervisors doing it with the employees. Mm-hmm. But it could especially be with an intimate partner. And so their objective is to maintain, exert uh, control over this individual. And it starts out, there's a process to the whole thing. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, well, they start out kind of like very subtle mm-hmm. with their approach, which is uh, love bombing and um, kind of uh, seeking out the individual so that they're constantly uh, pursuing the person, emailing them, calling them on the phone, mm-hmm. doing all kinds of kind things for them. You call that love bombing. Yeah. Wow. This just bombard you with love. Yes, the idealized can... love portion. So the target that they identify when they always want to have someone that they can get in their clutches fairly easily. Okay. They look for people who we might call, well, who I don't want to say they're weak, but they're um, a good candidate for manipulation and control. Okay. So that's the first phase. And then the second phase, they no longer, the narcissist no longer views them as being this perfect individual that they targeted at the beginning and overwhelmed with their love and attention and adoration. Uh-huh. Once they realize that the person is not perfect or that they recognize their manipulative, manipulative ploys, then they become on the narcissist bad person list, okay. if you get my drift. Yes. And so then they turn from the do no wrong individual to the do no right. So they're totally criticized, put down, and made to feel less than. Um, so over a period of years, let's just say, the person loses self-confidence, self-worth, uh, self-esteem, and some of them turn to drinking. They can become suicidal. And they're just a diminished individual. When I'm working with clients in private practice, I tell them the narcissist stole something from them that is their self-worth, and we're going to steal it back. So that's the second phase. The third phase is devaluation. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, discard. The second phase is devaluation. The third phase is discard. You're going to get rid of them now. Like gum off the bottom of their shoe. Wow. Like they never knew them in the first place. Wow. I have some clients who the narcissist was either the mother or the father of the family, mm-hmm. and they just completely discard the family and go into another life. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. And the kids are left in the wake of their discard. And you're talking again, 150 million Americans that have been affected in this kind of way. Exactly. And and as a result, I mean, as we in this society that we're living in today, I mean, we got shootings, we've got all kinds of things. They say drinking and drugs and all kinds of uh, ways that uh, people try to, I don't know, escape this um, feeling that they've been beaten down with. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Now, what happens in many cases as far as the targets of this abuse? So it's going to be physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. Okay. So over a period of years, if they're exposed to consistent abuse like this, they can develop post-traumatic stress disorder, just like somebody who's been in Iraq or Afghanistan or all of that in the war. But if it's an extended exposure, years and years and years, then it becomes complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow. So that's going to be some of the um, symptoms would be night terrors, uh, lack of trust of anyone, inability to maintain long-term relationships. It's just, it's a devastating effect. I've had some clients who we believe that the mother was the narcissist. And so she would periodically and on a random basis lock him out of the house. Now mm-hmm. we're talking about up north in the winter. If you lock somebody out between the ages of nine and 13, you know, it's freezing cold. And so he had no outlet, no choice but to sleep under the steps of a townhouse brownstone mm. for like three days at a time. Wow. So, yeah, so that's the kind of emotional abuse that we're talking about. The same individual said that during his entire childhood, he never once heard his mother say, I love you. Mm. And so it's usually a lot of put downs, criticisms. I hate you. I wish I never had you. Uh, you're the worst thing that ever happened in my life. I had one case where she knocked the child down and would choke the female. And um, so it's just, uh, it's a terroristic kind of uh, relationship that the narcissist has with their target. Mm-hmm. And they usually do it, they'll do it if the target gives them any pushback. And so if they question some of the things that the narcissist is saying, or if they criticize them, or if they disagree with them, the narcissist can either shut down and go into what the narcissist, one of my narcissists referred to as a funk Mm. for days at a time, Mm. or they can go into a state of depression, or they can go into a state of rage, narcissistic rage. And so I've had some clients who they were in conflict with their intimate partner and they would kind of corner the individual, the intimate partner in, in the corner of the apartment and scream at the top of their lungs and choke them and all kinds of things. It's just unbelievable. A large number of people in domestic violence relationships, me, uh, experts in the field believe that the perpetrators are narcissists. So this is what we're dealing with. And the sad part of the whole thing is that the whole thing's under the radar. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. People, you, you see uh, uh, signs, but uh, you really aren't uh, um, thinking that of, of, of just how deep of a situation that it is. And one, once again, we're talking here with uh, Dr. J. Parker Griffin. He's a licensed professional counselor and certified anger management specialist, too. A doctorate degree from uh, Georgia State University's uh, psychology department and uh, really taken on this whole uh, field of narcissism. You've gone even so far now to have uh, written a book and uh, worked on a movie uh, regarding that, uh, the book, uh, The 25th Demon. Talk about that a little bit. 
Well, the 25th demon, the whole purpose behind it is to use a fictional character mm -hmm. and to use his life in the story to illustrate the characteristics of a narcissist. So in the book and in the screenplay, which we're working to produce the movie right now, he is a male escort, mm. which is not unusual for a narcissist. It's like really a perfect vocation, but right, right, right. he's going to present himself as something different, as something um, that would be respectable, you know, like a businessman or whatever. But in actuality, in the, in the book and in the movie, he is working in the fashion industry and he presents himself as a fashion mogul. Mm -hmm. So he's this big dog business guy in the fashion field. And so what he does is he targets any and every one that he possibly can in order to exploit them. So narcissists are con men. Mm. Okay. Right. And one of the fundamental characteristics of uh, con man narcissists is that they have no moral compass. They have no sense of right and wrong. So right and wrong is what they can get away with. Okay. So there really are no limits. And so being the uh, escort that he is, he'll target women, but guess what? It could be anything. It could be men mm. that he'll target for uh, sexual gratification. But it's really, I should correct that and say, it's really ego gratification. It's not oh, sexual. Right, 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 right. You know? Right. So anything that they can get from people to build up their ego. So if it's money, if it's sex, if it's position, if it's uh, stature by affiliation with the person, then they're going to do it. So in the story, he targets this uh, female who is a fashion executive. She is has a background in uh, management information systems as far as the fashion industry is mm -hmm. concerned, supply mm -hmm. chain, uh, details of that. Good job. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, she's rich. You're right, right. But she has a beat-down ego. Ah. And that comes, she's beautiful, yeah. but that beat-down ego comes from the fact that her dad never really recognized her and her value and her worth. He never really showed her that much love. So when the narcissist ran across her at one of the gym facilities in the condo where they both live, he realized that you know she has some potential yes. to take advantage That's of. That's my target right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the next thing you know, he has her pan for their trip to Puerto Rico. And um, she, what does she do? She buys him a $10,000 wardrobe. Wow. And she pays for his Cayenne Porsche. Wow. The monthly note as well as the condo, which is $7,800 a month. She's really looking for her love and attention. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so he showers her with the attention, the idealized love, the love bombing. And next thing you know, oh, yeah, he takes her on a whirlwind of dates. Mm -hmm. So they go do all of the fun, uh, young love kinds of things. So he takes her flying kites and riding bikes and uh, fishing and they actually, uh, they're fishing and, and just having a great time together like a young couple. They fall in the 
river while they're fishing and he they both laugh and so on and so forth mm. you know coming out of that in the meantime he's doing everything that he's big enough to do as far as uh identifying people that he can take advantage of as a male prostitute wow yeah wow. so uh he has a buddy who's one of his um uh, associates that he kind of teams up with when they're going out to find Johns. And he actually has an interaction, an uh, intimate interaction with his buddy, mm. which is kind of interesting. I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> is that where the 25th demon comes from? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since you asked that, the demon has to do with the internal struggles that mm. the narcissist perpetually experiences. Mm. So they never feel good enough. There's always a void. They always feel less than, but they present themselves as greater than, much greater than anybody else. Always the smartest one in the room, always the most capable, more so than any doctor or lawyer or whatever. But internally. They feel weak. Well, they are weak, you know, and they recognize that and it changes from one time to another. They're not consistent as far as kind of how they feel on the inside. But in order to make an adjustment, just like the main character in the book, The 25th Demon, they assume different characters, Mm -hmm. just like an actor, because they are actors. They are actors. Yeah, except the difference is that they're not acting for a movie, they're acting for real life. Mm -hmm. So I've seen cases where the narcissist, you ask them to portray a specific character, they should have won an Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> it's right in there. Huh? Mm-hmm. No problem. Man. Right. Right, 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 right. So he develops this relationship with her. Uh, the main, His name is Purvis Dempsey, is the main character in the book. In the book, yes. In the movie. But he, he abbreviates it as PD. So everybody calls him PD. And she's Kara. And so he has her doing all of this stuff for him, you know, taking care of him in any kind of way possible. And he's out there um, lollygagging with everybody that he can run across. Mm-hmm. He has an older Without female. her knowledge. Without her knowledge. Oh, definitely without her knowledge. Actually, see, in the real world, they engage in a time management kind of uh, uh, game mm. where they have this main person that would be Kara. Mm-hmm. And then they have all these other people running in the background that they're using for different purposes. So everybody has a purpose. Everybody's a pawn. Everybody has something that they can contribute. Like I was saying, with uh, high profile status in the community, some would be money, some would be sex, anything that you can imagine that they could offer. If it serves some purpose of boosting the narcissist's ego, then he is going to pursue, or she, it could be a she, by the way, mm-hmm. is going to be pursuing a variety of different people for that. And that's where the changes in character come into play. Doc, I got to uh, ask, you know, is one of the things we really want to do here uh, is, 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 is help folks and, uh, you know, help them to deal. So s- someone who's listening here now, 
recognizes those characters, recognizes Kara, that she may be Kara or recognizes uh, that her man may be PD, you know, and that he does these type of things. Oh, that's how we got together. I mean, he, he really blew me, swept me on my feet. And now he's kind of hollering at me a little bit or something like that. I mean, what are some of the things that we need to recognize and then things that we can do to prevent ourselves from being included in that 150 plus million Americans who are being affected adversely by uh, narcissists? Well, there's a couple things that you can use to kind of recognize the fact that you're dealing with a narcissist. Okay. One is that when you interact with a person, everything's going to circle back to them. Uh, the discussion is usually going to center around them. You could be talking to them about the fact that you just created the greatest composition and it's going to be presented at Carnegie Hall or something like that. But they're going to get bored with that. It's hmm. like, oh, really? And and then they're going to come back to, yeah. And so, uh, well, probably. What I did today was kind of. It's it. probably going to be one up. Yeah. Yeah, what they did. Oh, yes. And the significance and how it's so much more significant than what it is that you did. And they'll just kind of like either poop it away or just kind of, as I say, get bored about it and all that kind of thing. Well, you also said earlier on in this discussion here that it's not just someone who's conceited and cocky, um, you know, about themselves. This is this is an actual disorder. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so this is. uh, you know, something that really, really does have a serious effect on folks. Well, they have to be the center of attention in it, mm-hmm. in this discussion. Now, one of the things, especially with Kara, for example, uh, that he, they start testing the person out for manipulation and control and to diminish them in one way or another. So they start making little digs, little insults at the very beginning when they're engaged in the love bombing and idealization phase. Mm-hmm. So they might make some kind of little backhanded uh, comment like, uh, yeah, that's why you look so bad when you wake up in the morning. Oh my goodness. I mean, you know, as an example and see how does the person respond to that? Her, a female. Now, you know, you, a female, you say something like that. Yeah. Most of them are going to like, what? Yeah. yeah. But what happens with the average individual is they explain it away, you know, because they've already become attached to some degree to the narcissist. So they're like, oh, that's just him. He's just being silly. He right. That kind of thing. Exactly. Like, mm. But see, one of the things, the takeaways as far as establishing relationships with people in general, but uh, kind of telltale sign as far as narcissists are concerned is that if you get a gut level of feeling that something's wrong, that it's kind of like weird, it's like, what is going on here? Mm. And especially if you start researching on the internet or in books and so on to see what are you dealing with, if it feels like it's wrong, it most definitely there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. And so the lesson is that you don't ignore those feelings, that you trust your gut that you're dealing with a person who you probably should run in the other direction from. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's a uh, diagnosis. It is a, what would you call it? It's a what? Uh, yeah, diagnosis. That's exactly right. So, so is there a cure? Can a narcissist be, be cured? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so right. I was so wrong. I mean, is, is, is that possible? Okay, so now you ask the $150,000 question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and 
depending on who you talk to, most people would say, they would not say no. They would say uh, H-double-E-L hockey stuff. Just hell no. Right. right. Okay. Most people would say that. But other people say, and because I'm a behaviorist and I look at the whole disorder as being largely learned, Mm. what I do is when I'm working with a narcissist now, I should qualify this by saying most uh, more intense cases, on if you think of it as a spectrum of more intense cases versus less, uh, like uh, the narcissist called themselves a, a mid-grade narcissist is what he said. Okay. So those would be the ones who would be willing to come into treatment okay. or come into yeah. behavioral intervention. Yeah. And so what I tell them is that if they can get to a place where they recognize that there's a better way to live. And if they keep the horse inside the corral, okay, mm-hmm. and act as if they have empathy and concern for others and thoughtfulness and consideration and all these kinds of things and get their sense of self-worth from developing an internal, uh, genuine, authentic caring and uh, consideration, all that, then we're good. I've got a uh, question, uh, Doc. Uh, you know, there's a gentleman that's in the news every single day here mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. And I've heard quite a few times, I'm just speaking of our president, quite a few times people use the word narcissist as it relates to him. In your professional opinion, does he show those symptoms that you've listed uh, as being a narcissist? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've never met him. Okay. So it's hard to put a diagnosis on someone that you've never interacted with directly. Because we're not talking about television. We're talking about real life. That's right. right. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. But I can say that there is an organization of something like 60,000 mental health professionals who think that it's important to warn America. And so about the characteristics of the person that you're referring to. Mm-hmm. And my impression is that they see the person as having an emotional disability. And so, you know, if you believe what they have to say about it, um, it sounds like they think, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This show is called Black Mental Matters. Is there a difference between, say, black narcissism and white narcissism or other cultures or just narcissism, narcissism? Are there some things that are unique, say, to us um, in this realm? Well, I don't think that there's a difference between uh, narcissists who are black versus narcissists who are white. What does appear to be the case, however, is that individuals who are exposed more to traumatizing experiences, because a lot of people think that the narcissism develops from either uh, early trauma, lack of connection with the uh, parent, yeah, the caregivers, or overindulgence with being considered to be above reproach, that they can't be, uh, they make excuses, the parents make excuses for their bad behavior or um, buy them off, buy their affection off, but they never really connect with their child because they're busy running from pillar to post like a world-renowned surgeon or whatever, you know? so. To the degree that the narcissist is in a culture 
that emphasizes uh, success. Or well, em- emphasizes physical punishment. Physical. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, put downs and that kind of thing. Yes. Then they develop this void. Yes. Within themselves, and so their approach, uh, oftentimes when they become a narcissist, is if you can't beat them, join them, kind of thing. Mm. So sometimes you will have generational patterns of narcissistic abuse that are passed on from one um, generation to the other. Usually it will skip a generation. And for that reason, I think, I suspect, and I don't know this, that there may be a genetic predisposition toward narcissism. Because I see people in the practice who fit that profile. That is, the grandmother had it, she had the switch at the tree and mama going to the same tree with the same switch. And now I'm getting that same switch to get. Well, it. in this case, it jumped from the daughter. You know, there's a grandmother and her daughter, but the grandchild developed it. And the, and also the grandchild's um, children, hmm. which is kind of weird to me, because in that case, it didn't skip, you know. Hmm. But um, I just think that there is this kind of genetic component to it because I just see tend to see patterns, although it is kind of, we refer to it as confounded by the environment because they're exposed to the same kind of child rearing practices and so on. But um, I kind of, and then there's other people who never really were, if you believe the narcissist, never were really exposed to the abusive child rearing practices in their development but they still develop the narcissistic characteristics. Mm-hmm. Doc, this is really, I mean, we, we're, we've run out of time, but I'm telling you what a uh, uh, interesting uh, uh, topic. And for uh, more information, if people want to learn more and how they can get the book, uh, could you quickly give information? Uh, Amazon.com uh-huh. under Dr. J. Parker Griffin Jr., um, the author of The 25th Demon. And uh, so they can go there and they can order it directly. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, inexpensive, but it's a quick read. It's a fun read. You'll see some reviews of the book on the page. And uh, a lot of people find it to be an ex- an outstanding reading experience. And hopefully it can help others as well. And then for people to uh, reach you directly? They can reach me on the Psychology Today Therapist referral page mm-hmm. under Dr. James Parker Griffin, Jr., and the telephone number of 404-341-7642 is on that page. And they can also send an email and I'll get back with them lickety split if they have any concerns about it. Usually it's uh, intimate partners. Sometimes it's the children of narcissists. Um, and it can be a family member. Those are the people who generally tend to make the referrals. Well, Doc, we appreciate you again. Again, 19 million here in the U.S. Uh, and affecting over 150 million. What a, uh, a, a topic today, narcissism. Thank you so much. Again, I'm Vince Bailey, and this has been Black Mental Matters. Thank you so much. <laughs>